Hello, believers. Welcome to Branding for Believers. I'm Dr. Shantae, and this is the podcast that equips influencers and entrepreneurs with the tools, the confidence, and the faith to believe bigger in their dreams. I'm really excited about this episode. We are 25 episodes in. It just seems like it just keeps rolling, and I'm grateful for you guys listening. The audience continues to grow week by week all across the world, so I'm so grateful for that. And I'm especially grateful for the guest that we have on today's show because I have been listening to him for years and for him to to graciously give up his time to be on the show today, I'm just over the moon about it. And this is none other than Jonathan Hood. So many of you may not know this, but I am a huge sports fan. I am I'm a huge uh, Chicago sports fan in particular, because Chicago is one of the largest sports markets in the United States. And so diehard Bears fan, even though I'm not pleased with them right now, (laughs) diehard Bulls fan, even though we've had our frustrations over the years. But this is how I came to listen to our guest today, who is Jonathan Hood. And Jonathan has been in the radio business for over 20 years. He came to Sirius XM's NBA channel earlier this year, uh, March 2015, and he is the host of Above the Rim. I learned to listen to him via ESPN 1000 in Chicago, where he was hosting, where he still continues to host Chicago's Game Night and Chicago Bulls Weekly. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Dr. Shante, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be on. So what have you been up to these days, my friend? Uh, a lot of working and not a lot of sleeping. Okay. <laughs> but I'm, I'm totally fine with it. Yeah. I, um, I, I am blessed because I am really gratified, um, about where my career is going right now. Uh, it has been a long journey, which I think you and I can get into and, and talk about the, you know, the trouble spots that you'll go through as, um, as you build your brand. And, uh, for me, Working at ESPN 1000 Chicago, you know, one of my goals was to be on nationally. Yeah, I love, I'm from Chicago, so it's my hometown. And I think the blessing is, is that I've never had to move, which is great because usually in the broadcasting business, you have to leave where you're from uh, and go to smaller markets to, uh, to really your attain your goal. Yeah. So, and I've always stayed here in Chicago. But from working in Chicago all this time, working with ESPN brand now, not only am I working locally, but nationally as well, uh, something I've wanted to do for 20 years. So now I'm working with my partner, Jeff Dickerson, and we do a national show that's heard coast to coast from Yakima, Washington to, you know, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So we're just, we're happy about that. And uh, the Sirius XM, as you mentioned, came up in March working on NBA radio with Stacey King, who was a former Chicago Bull, amongst a lot of others. So Stacey is hilarious. Before, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. It's really cool to be able to talk just NBA and that. And then, you know, I do a lot of other things. But it's just, um, it's I'm really happy about where my career is at this point. Well, good stuff. Um, so as you mentioned, it's been a long journey. It's been a long career, you know. To be in the business for 20 years, that is a blessing, but I'm sure it hasn't all been peaches and cream. And the point of this show is really to get people who are on that journey 
to believe bigger than maybe some of the obstacles and some of the struggles that they're having. So I would like for you to take our listeners to a time during this journey where you had to make some difficult decisions, either to pursue this dream, because a lot of people want to pursue it, but not a lot of people can get in it, or, you know, go back and, and follow the status quo. So I want you to, to take us to a time where you had to exercise some real faith, trust your gut, and and go in this direction. Dr. Shantae, when you're in, in the broadcast business, when you approach the business and have a thought about getting into it, immediately there's going to be people say, boy, this business is hard to stay in. You know, you're going to have to be in a small town in, in Oregon for you to be able mm-hmm. to start your career. And there's a lot of naysayers at the beginning. But my belief always was when I was um, a a young teenager uh, that I want to be in the broadcasting business doing something. And, um, you know, just from, from being from Chicago, I always know it's going to be very, very, it could be difficult because there's a lot of competition. It's competition, in a lot of major markets and small markets as well when it comes to broadcasting. But um, there was a time when I went to uh, WSCR, which is a local uh, sports station in Chicago. They were the they're the heritage sports station in Chicago, and mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to be on the air, but I had to work my way up. And as a Gen Xer, and, and you can relate to this as well. You know, when you're we came up in a generation where we understood that there was a process to be able to climb the ladder of success. Saying, yes. okay. I'll I'll be an intern. I'll say yes. I'm a bobblehead. Yes, yes. Whatever you want me to do. Yes, I'll be able to do whatever you want me to do to be able to climb the next rung of the ladder. Right. And so, I was a producer in 1994 when I first started at the score, and uh, I really wanted to be on the air. I wanted to do what the guys were doing on the other side of the glass, and I was pushing buttons and you know, and, and preparing shows as a producer, but I wanted to be on the air. But I knew that there was a process, and I was respectful of that process in that, um, you know, in 94, I was a producer, 95, 96, all the way to 2000. So I waited six years to finally get on the air uh, on doing sports radio uh, in my hometown. And it was a thrill once I got there, but that was that was something. Um I was with the score from 94 to 2005, August of 2005, when my contract wasn't renewed, which means fired, by the way. They said, well, we're just going <laughs> to renew your contract. You mean I'm fired? Is gotcha. that what you're saying? I'm fired? Gotcha. Um, uh, no, we're just not renewing your contract. Okay. So um, for two weeks, I didn't know where I was going to go mm-hmm. until ESPN called across the street and said, we want you. So that was that was a question mark of what I was going to do. But the blessing was two weeks later, I was able to be hired. During that time at ESPN, though, here's here's where it was an issue because ESPN, I thought at the beginning, didn't know how to use me. After spending 13-plus years at the score doing everything and being one of the faces of that company, of that station, I thought that ESPN really didn't know what to do with me. I was doing pro wrestling shows. I was doing White Sox shows, Cubs shows, um, you know, all that type of different shows. I think ESPN at the beginning didn't know what to do because I was a jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. And um, and so because they weren't using me properly, I left a powerful brand at ESPN to go with an upstart, a, a ChicagoSportsWebio.com. You can look that up on Google. It was a internet sports station, internet only, no radio, just internet. And I thought at the time when I um, when I went there, it was next level. It was a fresh start. I could be utilized properly. And about 60 days later, uh, that thing went belly up because there was 
issues with the money. You know, oh. um, people weren't getting paid. It was a Ponzi scheme for oh. David Hernandez, who was running that company. And I was part of that. And I, I left a powerful brand at ESPN for a whim, thinking, okay, since ESPN is not going to utilize me properly, I'm going to go to ChicagoSportsWebio.com. Webio, not radio. That was the slogan. God almighty. Um, <laughs> so so uh, I, I, I went and did that. And and then they all of a sudden, the guy was on the lamb. He was on the run, Dr. Shante. He oh was running, running from the cops because people were like, you're bouncing checks and you're not paying people. And the cops came after him. And he was on the run for a couple of days until they finally found him and they arrested him. He's in jail now. But that was the the benefactor, the uh, uh, the person that was bringing up uh, putting up the money to run ChicagoSportsWebio.com. And now, obviously, the station is no longer there, and I'm out of a job. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. I was out for about three months, drawing unemployment, going down to the unemployment office, and sitting there saying, what what happened to my career? I left ESPN for this opportunity, and I and I could not get another job anyplace else until um, I just talked to the program director at ESPN, my old employer, and said, you know what? You know what happened? It was a Ponzi scheme. I left because I didn't think I got a good opportunity. I would like another chance. They thought about it, and they gave me back an opportunity. But that three months, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't want to sit up on the porch drinking a 40 right. and just, <laughs> just chilling. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to do that and just – you know, and just let wait for the checks to come in. I wanted to do something with my career. And so um, that was tough, but, but things are definitely looking up now. But I'm, I only tell that story to say this, is that even though I didn't know what I was going to do, my faith was that I was going to get back into business somehow, some way. I, uh, sure, there was a lot of down moments. There was some depression thrown there as well for three months, four months, not knowing what to do, how to provide for my family. Um, but there's always a will because if you believe that mustard seed faith that mm. you talk about, that mustard seed faith uh, got me through and, uh, and to where I am right now. First of all, thank you for telling that story and being transparent. And I, I want to pull a couple of things out of what you said. First thing that I love about what you said is that you respected the process. You knew that there was you know, it was kind of like that Drake mentality started from the bottom, you know, and, and you work your way up. And so often entrepreneurs nowadays think that there's this overnight success dynamic, which is really a myth. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't happen that way. And what I also love about what you said is respecting the process allowed you to master certain elements of the business. And so when you were becoming this jack of all trades, it's because you were mastering the board, you were mastering the production, you were mastering, you know, being able to multitask callers coming in and produce segments of a show. Like you learned that on the other side of the microphone before you took center stage as a host. So I love and appreciate that. And then what I also appreciate about your story is the fact that you know, you followed your instincts and, you know, felt like, you know, I'm not being valued. I'm not being utilized. I'm not being maximized in what I'm capable of doing. And you stepped out there, even though that turned out not to be the right move, you had the guts to do it. And yet still had this steadfast belief, this steadfast faith that you were going to make it back to radio. So I, I appreciate you telling that that story. It's it's powerful. Well, 
go yeah, ahead. Yeah, well, just to, to piggyback on that, it's just for me, and and I tell young students this, and and when I go speak at certain places, I just I, I talk to Homewood Flossmore, which is a high school in Chicago uh, that has a terrific broadcasting department. And Dr. Shante, what I tell them is, is that you have to believe in your brand first, mm. because because even though I walked away from ESPN, the most po- the four most powerful letters in sports, I believed in my brand because they didn't believe in me. Mm. Uh, and again, that was a it, you're right. It was a risk. Uh, I just want to do something new. I want to be on the air and recognized uh, as a as a, my, my pastor, Dr. Uh, Carl White Jr. has always coined the phrase. I want to go someplace where I'm celebrated, not tolerated. I know that's and right. So, yeah, so so and I wanted to be celebrated because I didn't think I was being celebrated at ESPN uh, for a time. But the bigger point is, is that I um I, I believe in my brand, and I've always believed in who I am because I have to be loyal to my brand when others are not. So that's I think that's the bottom line of that. Okay, now listeners, this is normally where the pastor would open up the invitation and tell you that the church doors were open because that was a word right there. I mean, you can you can pass the offering plate and, you know, bring out the ushers right at that moment. Believing in your brand when nobody else does. And sometimes, you know, I I want you guys to to, to understand when we think about some of the quote unquote big names in our industry, the reason why those people are big names is because people like us give power to those names. People Mm -hmm. like us put those names on a pedestal and continue to invest our time, our energy, our resources into making them what they are. And so if we devoted that same level of commitment to our brand and belief in our talents, just like Jonathan said, it's amazing how powerful we would be. And I I did want to mention this. I don't want to lose the point. What I really do also appreciate about your story, especially coming from a man's perspective, is you had the humility to go back and ask for a second chance because uh, this week's Bible study. So for those of you that don't know, every Wednesday on Periscope, I do a Believe Bigger Bible study. And this week's focus is all about laying that pride aside. You laid your pride aside and said, I still believe that I can do this and had humility and went and asked for a second chance. And the rest is kind of history. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I just knew that um, I could succeed at ESPN. I think that, um, you know, looking back at it, I just thought that it was the time to leave when I did because I wasn't being utilized. I wasn't on the air enough. And now looking back at it, the second opportunity, it gave me renewed faith and renewed uh, and renewed vigor for the job, too. Um, it wasn't just the same old, same old. You know, every show Every broadcast is important, Dr. Shante, because whether it's broadcasting or anything else in life, you have to maximize your minutes. Mm. So I was trying to maximize every minute that I was on and being able to uh, entertain the best I could. So, but, uh, but again, even though I did humble myself, I use the H there, by the way, uh, <laughs> even, though I did, even though I did humble myself, I, uh, I, I still believe in my brand, still believe in, in my brand and my ability because if I don't do, if I'm not on the air and if I'm not being heard, then I'm damaging my brand. So I did it mm. because I wanted the opportunity, but I also want to be able to uh, continue to expand my brand. Okay. I hope you guys are taking notes because something, this is a tweetable, maximize your minutes. 
Now, you may not have the starring role, but if you're playing a supporting role, if you're an extra, you maximize those minutes. You make it do what it do for the time that you can do it. And as you said, every opportunity that you have on the radio, it's a gift. And this is why it's so important, ladies and gentlemen, to be consistent in your messaging, consistent in the delivery of your content. Because if you're building momentum and then you stop or you're abruptly go away, then you are losing the audience that has come to engage you and listen to you and rely upon you for whatever content that you have been delivering. So I, I appreciate you saying that as well. So let me fast forward a little bit. And you came back to ESPN after three or four months of being out. What was the confirmation that that was the right move? So when you came back, what moment was it when you realized, I'm so glad that I came back and asked for this second chance? It, it was just the, the idea that, um, that I didn't have to call on colleagues and ask them about what's going on with their station, their situation. It was just the idea that, you know, every day you're not working, you're not behind the microphone, you're not entertaining. And there's other ways to do it. I could have started, I could have done a lot of other things. Like I could have just, just been a writer and not go, not go back into broadcasting. I could have just been a teacher, which I do now for the Illinois Center for Broadcasting. I could have done all those things but again, it, it it was just my brand was in, important because I didn't want it to lie dormant, Dr. Right. Shante. I mean that's I mean that that's the most important thing. Um, you know, th- there's a couple of things that still resonate with me as a broadcaster that's still important, and that's you know being on the air, radio wise, podcast wise, or radio wise, and, and ratings, radio and ratings. Those two things are still um, a burn inside of me because. Being on the radio, entertaining, and then being able to cap, uh, capture the um, the the audience as much as possible on what you're talking about, those things still matter to me, and I had missed that a lot. And uh, no, it was just it was just a time to be able to to go back and do it because I had missed it. It was something that um, that I, I loved doing for a long time, and so that's why I, I did it. That's that's when I knew that it was time, you know, to because I had missed it so much. That's when I knew it was time to come back and 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 really just say, hey, I want a second chance, opportunity to do this. And it worked out well for me. And so earlier in your introduction, I mentioned some of the shows that you are currently hosting right now as at having your own show. When did those opportunities begin to come about? How long after you had come back to the station did they begin to put you uh, front and center? Um, gosh, I, I think when it came to comes to Chicago's game night, that is, it was a, probably another a couple of years. I was working with a lot of different partners, and you know, to to know me, I, I've I did a lot of shows solo by myself as a solo host for a, a long time. I did that in college at Candy King in Chicago. I did that a lot at the Score when I was there didn't really have partners. I was kind of working solo. Only reason why is because, again, when you believe in your brand, either you're going to succeed or fail. But if, if I was going to fail, it was because of me, and I want to have to blame someone else or, or wonder, do you have the same burning desire as me? And I know that sounds selfish, but that's just how the business is. It's that when you work with a partner, it's like, okay, I know I'm prepared, but if you're hungover, 
now you're not doing anything for us as a brand, as a station, as a mm. show. So I've always preferred, for the most part, to be a solo host. And so when, at ESPN, I worked at, with so many different partners to the point where I think ESPN just decided just to give me the show solo. And I still work with partners from time to time, but not as often. So I think it's probably a couple of years after I came back the second time where the majority of the shows I was working was by myself. I appreciate you saying that because partnerships can be tricky and partnerships can be fruitful and wonderful and long lasting. And sometimes they can get pretty dicey, pretty sketchy for the the reasons that you just said is that if you are going to invest in a partner or you're going to have a partner, that person has to be able to match (laughs) your intensity, be all in, all committed. And so that you guys share the responsibility for the success or the failure. But to your point, when you believe in your brand and you believe in what you can do, the success and the failure resides on your shoulders. And it's important as entrepreneurs, brand builders, platform builders, that we understand whose responsibility it is. We are the ones that are responsible for the success or failure of our brand. We're not victims of circumstance. There's always a way to approach, strategize, recalibrate, bounce back. Even if we have setbacks, we can come back. And all of that is determined by what we personally are willing to do to move our brand forward. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I you know working with Jeff Dickerson, uh, who I work with on the national show, that's pretty been pretty much my consistent partner, probably as most consistent as possible, I guess, over the last decade. It's been on and off because he's got other commitments and writer for the Chicago Bears and stuff. But when we're together nationally, I, I love working with Jeff because he is invested. Uh, he has an emotional investment in our show in that he wants for us to be able to rise up nationally. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we are kind of doing weekend shows and doing a lot of fill-ins during the week on the national platform, and that's huge. Dr. Shante, that's huge. When you have 300 affiliates listen to you from across the country, and of course, internet is all over the world, that is just, uh, you know, that that's just huge. And I really, if I was going to work with someone, it would be someone that can invest. And I just think that that lesson is for not just in broadcasting, but anything else. If you can find someone that has the same burning desire that you have uh, for for your brand, for a cause, for a company, then then you got something. You got something quality. But you know, I, I know how I feel when I get on the air, and and I know how I feel about our, you know our business. So I'm always you know I know what it was like when I was down. So that's why I'm always up and ready for the challenge every time. And I think Jeff. You know, when we do shows nationally, I think he he shares that same desire to to be great, which is uh, which is something that everybody doesn't have. And and it comes across, you know, you guys, I, I definitely encourage you to to listen to Jonathan's show. He's a phenomenal broadcaster. And what I, I love about it, I don't know if I ever told you this. The reason why I listen to your show, because I'm kind of a I'm an audio snob. I'm going to be perfectly honest about it. I'm, a, I'm an audio snob. And what consistently brought me back to Jonathan's show is the fact that he is witty. <laughs> you know, he's he's charismatic, like he doesn't forget where he comes from, you know, Chicago. But at the same time, he elevates the quality of the show. He deepens the issues and he goes beyond, you know, some of the surface issues. And he goes to some of the things that really get at the heart of our culture and our community. 
For example, uh, last year, there was a lot of dust up about Adrian Peterson and his discipline of his child. And while a lot of broadcasters were kind of taking a pass on that, like, eh, that's a little bit dicey. I just kind of want to tiptoe through the tulips on that, give it some cursory mention and move on. Jonathan actually opened up the floor and said, you know, but culturally, what do, what do we think about this? What do we feel about this? Are we sanctioning this? Are we saying that this type of behavior is okay? He elevates the conversation and it's because of what you just said is that desire to come on the radio and be great and it's appreciated. Thank you for that. Uh, that Adrian Peterson story, is it, <laughs> that was interesting. You know, you be in, you're in this business for 20 plus years and you don't think you're going to talk about certain things. But it's nothing like you're on the microphone. They, they, someone hands you the story, goes, Adrian Peterson is going to be suspended for whooping his child. And I I just turn the mic on and I go, you know, the Adrian <laughs> Peterson's child, you know, I was whipped like that too. Yep. And the phone lines exploded. My program director called during the break. He goes, what do you mean you were whipped like that? I said, I well, was too. <laughs> yeah, I, I go, yeah, I was too. He goes, boy, that's. Well, you're really opening up a can. I said, well, that's, I said, if you want to be real, and some aren't that we listen to and watch, mm-hmm. uh, yes, I was, uh, I was, here's what I said, and this is what, what really got people going. I said, as a child, yes, I was whipped with a switch. My family is from Arkansas. So I, I grew up with grandparents. So they only knew one way of discipline, especially when I was really, really bad. And there was times I was really, really bad. They, I had to pick my own switch mm-hmm. from our backyard and I got whooped with it. Not often, not as I can remember, not all the time, but I do remember being whipped with a switch. And it was like, and, and I said at the time, Dr. Shante, you love this. I said at the time, I didn't consider that abuse. That was discipline. And so you have, um, you know, younger parents now that were outraged by what I said and said that, you know, how could you, how is it not disciplined at the time in 1976 or whatever? And, and how is it? I said, because that's, it wasn't considered a, a abuse at the time. That was just, it was a huge, huge story mm-hmm. uh, that I, that I told because it really opened up the eyes of the audience saying, not, not to accept what Adrian Peterson did, but just the fact that yes, it happened to me, and what it was called at the time, and what it's called now, it was it was quite a thing because when you when you talk about yourself and and it's transparent, tell them your stories, the good and bad. People will always remember that. People talk to me about that now. That was just as you mentioned at the time it happened. People still talk to me about that now. People are interested in stories like that uh, because of the transparency of it. So that was interesting how how different cultures took that whole story. I agree. And something that Jonathan said, which is really important, is that you are your brand. At the end of the day, I don't care what your logo is, what your colors are, who you work for, what's the umbrella. When you're the one on the stage, when you are the the one behind the computer typing the content, when you're the one behind the microphone, you are your brand. And so often people try to kind of veil that part of themselves and, and just kind of stick to the script. But the fact of the matter is you are a part of that script and to try to divorce yourself from the content is really not being genuine and authentic with your audience. Well, there's no question about that. You have to be um, as genuine as possible. Um, there, there are more people that will talk to me about stories that don't relate to sports, that relates to something in my life. 
it, it, it's strange, Dr. Shante, you'll have this too, of people just coming to you and, and talking to you about stuff that you said that resonates with them that you didn't think it would. Yes. Um, I, I had someone that came to me two weeks ago. I spoke at the, um, at the Illinois Center for Broadcasting in, in Lombard, Illinois. And um, uh, there was a student, Caucasian student came up to me. He says, you know what? He said, I was going through a very, very tough time in my life, really tough time. Uh, he said, you brought me through it. Just making me laugh, just telling stories about you helped me in my you know, dark situation. And I'm thinking, I'm just, I'm just talking sports. I'm just kind of being me, but it's just, again, it just lends to the, the point of you never know who's listening. Number one. And number two, you don't know what you're doing for them by speaking positive, you know, positive uh, thoughts into their life. I agree. Uh, you know, so it's just, it's very interesting how that works. I a hundred percent agree. So I want to move us forward a little bit and just ask you, where do you draw your source of, of inspiration? Because 20 years, that's a career. You know, 20 years is a, is a commitment. It's not a passing fancy. It's not a flavor of the month. It's a commitment. And there are peaks and there are valleys. And so in some of those valley moments, where do you find your inspiration to keep going? I grew up with my grandparents. As I mentioned to you before, they're from Arkansas. And I think the highest grade level of my grandfather might have been eighth grade. My grandmother probably eighth grade or, or high school. I, I can't remember. They've passed away now. But I love them so much because I, I look at how hard they had to work to be able to provide um, for, uh, for our family. Mm-hmm. And so I think about them often because I think about my grandmother raising me, my sister, and like a myriad of, of foster kids, you know, mm-hmm. uh, brothers and sisters. And I, I think about, I think about uh, her in retirement, it's supposed to be in retirement, right? But in the, in the fact that waking up in the morning, feeding a whole bunch of kids in the morning, right? Send us a, uh, making sure that we're all dressed, making sure that we have the lunches, making sure that we uh, are going off to school, that we're healthy enough to get to school and go to school and get there on time. And then having to wash clothes. And then, you know, this is back in the day when you uh, when you came home for lunch, uh, where you didn't stay on campus. Uh, so you you come home for lunch. The lunches are made. Sends all right back to school. She's getting dinner prepared. It's three o'clock now. We're back from school. Now it's homework time. And then you go through from homework time to dinner time at five o'clock where everyone sits around the table talking about the day's events. That's how it was back in the day where you would talk about what was in the newspaper or what was on the news or, or whatever your day was. That was just kind of uh, just paying a picture of how it was for me as a kid. And then making sure all the homework's done and then it's time for, you know, all the dishes are washed and then you go back to bed, and, you know, get ready for bed. It was just a process for her where she seemed like she had no downtime. This is seven days a week, 365, and working hard to keep our family together. Grandfather, same way, working seven days a week, you know, working uh, as, a, as a mechanic and, uh, and, doing, and working hard for very little money. Mm-hmm. I, I, I so showed him uh, uh, one of my paychecks when I was at the score shortly before he passed away, Dr. Shante, and he looked at my paycheck and uh and that was and this is when I was first getting in the business. I didn't wasn't making that much money at all. Mm-hmm. Um and 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 he shook my hand and he said, You made more in two weeks than I made like in 
you know, a year. Wow. And, 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 and when he, at, at some point in the job that he was working in. And I, I always remember that moment because mm. he was just like, man, you know, you're doing what you love to do and you're making more money than I did back in the fifties or whatever at the sixties. when he was, uh, when he was working at his job and he was first started working at his job. And I always think about that and I draw inspiration from them because I know how hard they worked. And, and so that fuels me because they made it, it made it so that I had an education for me to be in broadcasting. And then I just kind of took it from there because they knew I loved it, but they supported me. So I always draw strength from them because of who they were. And um, now they passed away. I think about it even more. That, that was powerful. That one hit me listeners. I know it hits you too, because it humbles you. It makes you think, wow, why am I complaining? You know, we, it's not to say that brand building isn't hard work. It, it is definitely hard work, but it's a different type of work. And for us to be compensated to do what we love, to have the privilege to get to go to work instead of having to go to work, it's an awesome privilege. And it's something that, that we ought to be grateful for. So that's actually where I actually want to, to, to leave us, where I actually want you to, to leave us. There are people right now listening to this and they are struggling. They have put in some years. They don't feel valued. They don't feel appreciated. They know that they've got something to offer. They believe in their brand and yet they're not there yet. What words of advice would you give to somebody struggling in that journey right now? I, I think that it's part of the conversation that you and I have already had, Dr. Shante, and that is to, um, to humble yourself. Mm-hmm. I know some of us can be very cocky. I don't think I'm, con- I don't think I'm cocky. I think I'm convinced that hey. my brand, <laughs> that my brand is going to shine no matter what, you know? And I think, you know, we, we always talk about building brands and how important that is. And it is very important, but it's about you first. Look at yourself in the mirror and think, am I exactly where I'm supposed to be as far as not just from a work standpoint, but just are you where you're supposed to be as a person relating to another person? Mm. Uh, I think that that is, is something, you know, and I've had my share of self-reflection and I've had, I'm having that now, even where I am today, because I know I've got to, I can't be content of where I am. So I, I would just say for sure, when you humble yourself, it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to ask what's open here, what's going on with this company. There's got to be a way for you to be able to work your way into a company at first, but humbling yourself, getting into the workforce, getting into something that you think that you might have interest in, it's okay to ask. I think some of us get proud. I know that was a word that was um, that was thrown around when I was a kid. Like, oh, you're just so proud. You're too proud to take this money. You're too proud for, you, you shouldn't be too proud to do anything, especially mm-hmm. when you're struggling. Right. Uh, it, I mean, my story is, is that, yes, I think that I'm I, I am uh, very good at what I do because I, I've been at it for 20 plus years. I know it can be taken away in a, in a moment's notice. I totally get that. But at the same time, though, I've always had this feeling that no one's going to take it, take my brand away. You can take a job, but you can't take my brand away. I will Come continue to build on that. All right. You know, yeah. So 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 the so the bottom line for me is that I would say is that it's OK to reach out to someone 
Don't be so proud to think I'm not I'm going to call that person because that person will know I'm struggling. It's okay to be transparent because think about the testimony that comes from it after you're done. Mm. Once once I mean that, that's I think that's the point of some of us are too proud to to put ourselves out there. You don't want to show that you're struggling. Why not? Why not because you don't know what's on the other side. You know, so so that's 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 my my biggest deal is that it's okay to ask to for to for you to be able to get to where you want to be because it won't happen overnight. I've 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 seen your Bible studies. We have we have discussed on your Bible studies about how um you have to be patient. Mm-hmm. You know that that those that wait, right? Stay that way. You have to. Yeah. Now let me get started now. Uh, but you have to be able to 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 be patient, but also ask. Because you just never know what's going to be on the side for you. Y'all, I, I'm choked up. I am. You know, Jonathan is is such a charismatic person in real life and on the radio. And he cracks me up with some of the things that he says and some of the references that he makes. But I am, I'm truly humbled that somebody who's been in this business as long as he has, that has a national following and national recognition from coast to coast is tuned in to my Bible studies. And, and sometimes we have that, that moment where we're like, who am I that, that, that you would be listening to me. But when you make yourself available and when you're willing to be humble, as you were talking, the, the scripture that came to my mind is uh first Peter five, six, which says, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up. And that's that's what it's about is that humble yourself, do the work, focus on the work. As Jonathan said, master your craft, learn the process and respect the process. God knows the desires of your heart. And in due time, he will lift you up exactly where you need to be. So that is it, believers. Jonathan, thank you so much for being on this show. I just really can't Thank you enough. It was a powerful interview. One of my favorites, in fact, and I'm not saying that because I'm biased, but it it really was powerful. Listeners, give Jonathan some love. You can find him on Twitter, tweet Jay Hood for your takeaways. And as always, you can tweet me your takeaways and feedback at Dr. Shante Says. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. So that is our show for today. We will see you guys next time. 